Time is running out for the planet Earth. It's impervious to all voices. There's an intriguing sensation. It's a nuclear device. Fun, fun, fun! Yes, that's nice. Statistically speaking, of course, it's still the safest way to travel. It belongs to a creature from outer space. It's a bird! It's a plane! It's very important. It does not go you. Hi, everyone, and welcome to an all-new Geek Shall Inherit podcast. I'm Daniel Pickett. I am Jason Lindsay. And, man, we are basking in the afterglow of Comic-Con. We sure are. We sure are. I'd call it an afterglow. It's either, it's either an afterglow or... Uh, Severe gamma radiation. I don't know. <laughs> I think you got you got the nerd flu, didn't you? I got the nerd flu. I, I made out with too many nerds. I said I wasn't going to. But, you know, a, as you do, you get caught up in the moment. Next thing you know, you're, uh, you're French in the Punisher. And, um, you know, I don't know what happened. That is going to be the name of your autobiography. <laughs> Frenching the Punisher. Frenching the Punisher. The Jason Lindsay story. <laughs> uh... <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! <clears throat> um, so, needless to say, this is a uh, uh, an over the airwaves, a Skype podcast because I don't want your plague. Yeah, well, you know, between the fact that I'm no longer a young man, obviously, but all the travel that we both did, you know, leading up to um, folks, I don't recommend doing international travel or uh, severe road trips prior to something like Comic Con. It's just not worth it. <laughs> I, I heartily agree. <laughs> You know, when your schedule's off and your sleep is off and, um, you know, uh, just, just everything just starts to kind of go into a blender. Um, and then I was feeling good, you know, when we got back, um, you know, we recorded some stuff and we're, we're heading into, into Comic-Con and Comic-Con was good. And then, you know, by, by Friday afternoon, I started to feel a little sort of run down and I was talking to Jason Labowitz at the Entertainment Earth booth and he was kind of feeling similar, um, and then it just sort of went downhill from there. And then, you know, most of the week has just been this persistent cough and sneezing and, you know, getting rid I'm feeling I'm on the mend. It's just um, it's all taken its toll. Um, so, yeah, it's probably a good thing that we don't we don't get together. Yeah. Uh, but it sounds like cause I, I have been keeping up with a lot of your reporting and your adventures from said con. It sounds like it was a very successful adventure for AFI and um, all your endeavors. It was. It's funny, though, because, like, you and I, we were, like, texting each other Wednesday. Yes. Like, uh, I, trying to find a time. Yeah. But it, this, this con, more than any other, and I think we talked about it a little before, was just such information overload. Yeah. Like, the the press releases I was getting ahead of time, I was getting, like, 200 a day. And, you know, I spent five days at that con, and I I probably know most things about toys uh, that went on there, and I know almost nothing about anything else. Mm, I did not – I was not able to attend a panel that did not involve toys. I did not go to any, you know, uh, very few booths that did not involve toys. I mean, it was just – there was so much stuff for us. And we had a team of, like, six people. Yeah. So much stuff for us to cover that – uh, you know, I, I spent the next two days after the con was over, like going back, going, all right, well, what did I miss in movies and TV and stuff like that? Yeah, I, you know, I felt this year more than than ever, and this is not, again, you know, I want to stress this 
so it doesn't sound remotely like a complaint or whining or anything like that, what a privilege it is and how lucky we are to go to this thing because it, there are so many people that would love to go and that maybe will never get the chance. And, it's, and it really is an effort you know, to get there, and it's not easy. And even people in L.A. that have connections are like, I'd like to just get down there for a day. You know, it's, it's, it's tough to, to, to do. Um, but this year, more than any before, I really started to feel the drain of like, I can't, I can't keep up with all this stuff. Like every time I turn around, there's something new that I'm hearing about or something is, you know, like we were staying at the Hard Rock. Oh, okay. Which is great because it's just, you know, right, right across the way. Yeah. Did you happen to see that, that clip of um, Shocker from Spider-Man uh, 2? Uh, I saw that the very brief thing. Yeah, yeah, where he's like, where they were saying they were introducing that he was going to talk in Hall H or whatever. Well, it's just this, they were going to show it's something. Just this clip that they would run next to the doorway of the Hard Rock, and you know, in in Dolby, and it's in the you, I feel it in my bones, I feel it in my veins, you know, I'm Shaka or whatever, and you eventually see his face. I mean, this is this was like a. I'm going to say like a 13, 15 second clip. I think it went up on yeah. Ain't a Cool News. This thing ran every 15, 20 seconds, all day, all day, all night. So even if you just were waiting for your car or, you know, you're standing out front or, you know, whatever, just for a couple of minutes, you, you will have heard the thing like 17 times, you know. And I just thought about the guys like working there and just, I mean, and it was so loud and it was just this constant loop of this same clip that never changed. Like they didn't, they didn't change the clip every day. Like put a new one up and then wait two days and put another one up. It was the same little clip for, you know, five days. And yeah. it just started to pound into my brain. Even for a couple of minutes standing out front, I was like, this is it. I mean, this is just like, this reminds me of it all. After, after a while, it just starts to kind of beat my brain in. So you were feeling it in your veins. You're saying. I was feeling it in my veins. That's how effective that that clip was. Um, but you said something else. You know, it's funny. I saw just about everyone else from your team and spent some time. Like, I hung out with Danny Newman. We were, we were you know, bopping around a bit. He met my wife. Um, uh, Steve I ran into at the um, Super 7, uh, you know, alien uh, reaction uh, booth. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, Jason Geyer, of course, we, we bopped around a little bit. Like I saw everyone, I saw just about everybody involved with AFI except for you and Abby. <laughs> yeah, we were, and I was actually the one that came and shot your booth too. Who, who's that? For the, I, I came and shot the Biff Bang Pow booth for the site. Oh, you? Oh, okay. Like I was the guy, what, like we broke up all the different, you know, companies. Hmm. So we could get the coverage. So, like, I was the one that came over and shot it, and I still never saw you. I thought Geyer did. Oh, okay. No. Oh, cool. I think he, well, he was taking things off my list. Okay. But but I shot it, you know, first. We had a lot of, um, well, just, just to, not to, but, it, you know, it's hard to talk about Comic-Con and not talk about why I, I go down there. It was a very good Comic-Con for Biff Bang Pow. Lots of great stuff happened. Very successful with all the the goodies. People just seem to eat it all up. They love those tins. Uh, yeah. There's something about the lunchbox thing that people just really respond to. They love the, the, the Dexter exclusive and all that. And um, uh, I, I am bursting to, to talk about this piece of news. Well, a couple of pieces of news, um, you know, licensing-wise, for Biff Bang Pow, but I'm going to probably have to keep my mouth shut for maybe the next nine months to a year. Um, but something really pretty spectacular um is in the works 
uh, as well, and um, uh, all because of some things that happened at, at Comic-Con. I was going to shoot you an email, uh, and I haven't yet, but I was listening to, you know, the Kevin and Bean show is a is a big morning show here in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've talked about Ralph Garman before. He's on that show. Yeah. And they were broadcasting from Comic-Con all week. Okay. Uh, I think they might have actually been at the Hard Rock, maybe. I'm not sure. Okay. And on the the Friday the 19th, they were doing the show, and Seth Green was the guest. Oh. And he was, you know, they interviewed him in the last couple of segments for like 20 minutes. And one of the things he mentioned that he was after that he wanted to get at the show was the Dexter tin that looked like the air conditioner. Oh, brilliant. That's yeah. great. I, I got interviewed um, about it and the Dexter bobblehead, but mainly that that blood slide um, container by uh, Fearnet. They came by. Oh, uh-huh. They were doing some stuff by the booth. And uh, I got to say, you know, if you watch Fearnet, which I do, Quite a bit, um, you know. You'll, you'll all of a sudden see a clip of uh, you know Guy Pierce on the red carpet somewhere, and he just he has the microphone and says, you know, this is Guy Pierce, and you're watching Fiannet or whatever, whoever it is. And uh, so I got to say that to the camera. I got to say, this is Jason Lindsay of Biff Bang Pow Toys. You know, you're watching Fiannet. I don't know if it'll make it there, oh, nice. um, but yeah, they were they were just loving the the blood stuff. Yeah, when I because th- you know some of the Showtime folks were there too. And if I think back to what a wasteland Comic-Con was for, for Showtime all yeah. those years ago, that they just had no, no interest, no, no real understanding of, of what was going on down there. And we, you know, again, I, I've t- I tell these crazy stories about trying to get toys made. Um, they, they were very much against doing a bobblehead of this character. They, they thought, I don't know if they thought it was disrespectful or they... They thought it was too goofy or um, it just wouldn't fit with the, the style or the, the classiness of the network. I don't know what. Um, but with some, some you know, arm twisting, that happened, which eventually led to more activity at Comic-Con. And that first, um, you know, bloody um, Dexter bobblehead was just this sensation down there. Yeah. And people just went crazy. And it, 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 it you know... I, it sounds hugely egotistical, but but really, for for us little guys to have opened the eyes um, of an entire network to say this is what's this is what's possible there, this is what's going on down there, um, you really got to get there. Um, they they started to pay attention, and then before you know it, they've got you know panels for four or five different shows and. You know, talent's coming down, and David Zayas was there again this year, and some other people from Dexter to finally say goodbye, and, you know. Well, even, like, the lanyards that they handed out with the name badges were Dexter. That's right. This year. That's right, yeah. That, and which is huge real estate. Huge real estate, yeah. you know. I mean, they – I remember – I always tell this story, but before we did that bobblehead, the summer before, there were some volunteers – for Showtime, standing out front of the convention center, handing out Dexter bumper stickers. And that was it. That's the only presence they, they had. Now, granted, the show had only been up for, you know, a season, I think, at that point. But they, they, just, they just didn't, un- as, you know, collectively, as, as, a, as, a, as a network, they didn't understand the value of Comic-Con. Uh, yeah. You know, you know, I was thinking about that, too. Do you think it would make a difference if... Um, there's such a do you we know there's not nearly the prejudice against Comic Con 
that there used to be. But right. when you are dealing with laymen and they don't, they don't really get what it is, when you hear the words Comic-Con, you know what I mean? I mean, don't you think that they still go to the place of either this is about comic books and you know, people in their mom's basement or it's something to do with stand-up comedy if they have no idea what it is? Do you th- no, I, th- I think because all of the mainstream media covers it now, mm-hmm. they know that it is, you know, this giant pop culture convention that, you know, has to do with movies and TV. But, you know, I think they associate it with, you know, that sort of Hollywood has come there because I think everyone sort of talks about how Hollywood has pushed out the comics or whatever. Uh, but I think they still associate it, you know, with big sweaty nerds in costumes. Well, do, but do you think that... They know everyone who's everyone is there right. and doing announcements and panels and things, but they still think, you know, that sort of stereotypical cosplay nerd is the whole audience there. But do you think that the, the, the name does it a disservice in that way? To, to, or do you think it'll ever, it'll ever change? That someday they'll go, why don't we call it something, something and Comic-Con? You know, do you think it'll... I think that's entirely possible. I was just – someone had put together kind of a fact sheet thing on the internet that was talking about the whole history of it. And, you know, originally it was called like the Golden State Annual Comic Convention. Okay. And then it was just Comic-Con, and I think it wasn't until like 92 that it changed its name to Comic-Con International. So huh. it's it's already gone through, you know, three or four iterations of the name. So I wouldn't be surprised if they changed it, you know, and, and – kept adapting it yeah it's just um you know there are those moments where you you know i heard of I did tom did you hear about tom cruise no and he was like working the floor and like doing autographs and stuff uh, this year he was yeah oh wow for like oblivion or something? i don't know what it was for but i mean it just was like what what a trooper that guy like he's done a comic-con you know and um harrison ford was down there for um Ender's Game or whatever, and then there was this moment where um, I was coming out of the elevator at the Hard Rock in the lobby, and it was just like one, two, three. Like I'm in the elevator with one of the women from uh, Community, uh, okay, the African American woman. I forget her. The actually very funny lady. I forget. Her name. Yeah, and I just was. She's talking to somebody about their, their schedule. I'm like, oh, it's the woman from uh, Community, and the doors open up, and as I'm getting out. As I turn to my left, there's Bill Paxton with someone. Yep. And I'm just just as I'm registering, that's Bill Paxton. I keep turning to my left, and there's Michael Keaton. Oh, nice. And I was just like, oh, 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 you know, because I'm I got a huge crush on Michael Keaton. Oh yeah. And um, I wanted to just like do a nod and like, hey, hey, Mike Keaton, how you doing? You know, like some stupid like just the nod thing, like hey, how's going? And he was just looking straight through everything just to get to the elevator to get the hell away from the, <laughs> the lobby and whatever it was. But it was just like, that was Michael Keaton. You know, like, holy crap. I think I would have had to say something to Michael Would you Keaton. have said something? Yeah, you know, there's a lot of people I wouldn't bother and, you know. But what would you, you know, this, all right, we're in London a few weeks ago. Yeah. My wife says, we're, we're at sushi. My wife says, what would you do, honestly? It's you know once in a lifetime moment. We're at this restaurant and you look over there two tables away, and Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr are having dinner together. What do you do? And it it you know it's a ten minute answer. You know I'm thinking like well you know 
it's completely selfish. They're not, it's not going to make any difference to their lives whether I say anything or not. It's for me to not feel terrible the next day that I didn't say something or did say something, but, you know, is it going to be an awful experience and how do I this and what should I, you know? and it's one of those things. And then it's like, but what do you, you know, I can think of, a, you know, dozens of other people that aren't on that level and I would know exactly what to say and yeah. it would be a cool experience, whatever. So here's your moment, Michael Keaton, this career, this guy, whatever. What, what do you say to the guy? Uh, I'd say, you want a beer? And he'd say, it's 7 o'clock in the morning. i go, scotch? <laughs> what? Uh, I, you know, I don't, I don't know yet what I'd say, but I, 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 would just, I would tell him that I have always appreciated his work and I would love to see him in more things. I have really missed him. Uh, I loved all his appearances on Letterman. And, uh, you know, I just, he is, he's, he's a sure thing ticket for me. If he's in it, I'll go see it. The thing about Keaton that's so um, brilliant, and we were just, again, my wife and I were just talking about this because Beetlejuice was on the other night. And I was just, yep. you know, as I, as I do, I was lecturing, uh, during the opening credits, said, you know, this was early days for Tim Burton. This was his second movie. You know, I didn't go through all the stuff that he did, you know, before Pee-wee's Big Adventure, but it's his second movie. And Pee-wee, Pee-wee did all right. You know, it wasn't yeah. a monster, but it did all right, you know. And Beetlejuice ended up getting a, a bit of a following, and it did all right. But again, it was not, it did not set the world on fire. To go from those movies to Batman, to get the keys to that, that castle... That's a whole thing, but but you watch Keaton in in Beetlejuice, and he just I mean, if it, it, Tour de Force is not the it's not strong enough for what he does in this movie, but he he's using every bit of his body, and yeah. and he's he he's always been like that. I, Mr. Mom and Night Shift, um, the paper, um, even the serious stuff, but especially with the comedies, he's so good physically with the way he uses his body, where he's just barely kind of keeping it together. Um, and very, very natural. And he's got such a distinctive voice, too. Yeah. Uh, but there's always just a sense that he is having a great time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That he loves what he's doing. And, you know, he's just got that that extra spark, you know. It's, it's kind of, you know, what, is, what he's got that was so unique. Well, I mean, I remember seeing Ron Howard once on, um, like, a Tonight Show sort of thing. And Carson or someone asked him. You know, because at that time he 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 was you know worked with Keaton and Tom Hanks, and who's funnier or whatever. And he said, oh, well, that's a t-. he said that's a, that's a they're two totally different animals. He's like you know Tom, they're both very funny in their own way, and they're funny on camera and they're funny with their characters. But he said, but Keaton is just naturally funny. Like he can take any situation and just make it funny. He's that quick, and 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 you can, all those Letterman appearances were just like. He was one of the best guests, you know, ever. Totally. And it reminds me a bit of, you know, Bill Murray, where you just get the sense that whereas Murray's a bit more of a misanthrope, but but, if, <laughs> yes. but you're walking through the situation going, they're just on a different plane. They're like on a different astral plane than everyone else and and having a good time and just yeah. everything's going to be OK. Like, relax. It's going to be OK. Yeah. You know, I got I got to figure it out, you know. Um, and I think that it's, it's, you know, I've said this before, but it's, it's with, with, with time, you know, bat, the two Batman films he did have been evaluated and reevaluated so many times now over the years. Um, 
but uh, I think I don't think anyone's ever really like trashed him in those movies. Do you think? No, uh uh-uh. You know, I think it's a long overdue. Before they saw them, they certainly were. Do you remember that? I mean, do you remember the madness? Um, Oh, yeah. uh, I remember him, the Rolling Stone interview with him before the first one came out and how angry he was and just kind of shut off to the interviewer. And 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 the interviewer was like, I think it's such a great idea. I thought it was such a wonderful idea when you were cast. And uh, Keaton's like, really? Because you're in the effing minority, man. <laughs> nobody <laughs> nobody thinks that. Um, but, you know, I don't think it can be stressed enough how well he pulled that off, uh, yeah. all things considered. Um, and I don't know what you'd compare it to now. You know what I mean? I don't know who you who you'd compare. If they made an announcement tomorrow, what a current comparison would be to Mike, to hear the words Michael Keaton for Batman. Yeah, you know what I mean. It was such a bizarre thing, and it worked. It was, yeah, and it totally worked because he's he's. Did you ever see him in like Clean and Sober? Oh yeah, I saw that in the theater. I remember. And Pacific Heights. Yeah, um, yeah he's he's much better, um, much better. I think than sometimes he's he's given credit for. I totally. Agree. And now it seems like he's having this. This is turning into the Keaton episode, but now it seems like he's having this um, bit of a renaissance. So uh, Keaton Renaissance, I'm all for Keaton Renaissance. You know, he's going to be—he's the big baddie in uh, RoboCop. Yep. He's uh, in this thing called Birdman. Yep. Which we've talked about. Now he's in this Larry David thing on HBO. I don't know if you've seen the billboards for this or previews for this. Oh, he's in uh, Delete History, Delete or whatever. Yeah. He said something clear history, something like that. Yeah, the thing with John Hamm. Yes, exactly. Oh, okay. I didn't realize he was in. Yeah, that. he's in that. He's got big giant mutton chop sideburns. He's like a, a city worker or something. Uh, but I was looking at like a making of or some clips. I'm like, that's Keaton. What the, f-? you know? Um, and I think it had to do with that when he was in that cop movie, the other guys uh, yeah. as the captain, and people just went, "Where have you been?" Uh, and, and he was in Cars. So I forget that. And he's Ken, of course. Yes, and he's Ken in Toy Story But 3. isn't that, see, it makes you like, isn't that funny? Like, it just, that's all it takes. And you go, yeah. it's just a voice, it's just Ken. But you laugh because you go, he's so brilliant. Yeah. And doing so little for this, this part, you know. Um, just love him. So, anyway, I did not say anything to him. Uh, I did break into his room later on that day. And go through his stuff and wore a couple of his shirts, um, but uh, but no, we never spoke. But but to answer your, the question your wife asked, you would absolutely have to say something to Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr. I, you would have to. Okay, but you would kick yourself the rest of your life. But is that the reason to? Uh, Even if you just walked up and said, "Is the soup good? Should I get that?" Right, or just swiped a piece of fish off their plate. <laughs> right. Yeah. Just yoink. Uh, I know, I know. You would have to. Believe me, this, this, is, this is not something, this is not a topic that hasn't come up before. I mean, it's a daily struggle I have. <laughs> <laughs> As you continue to stalk them, yeah. hoping that they'll have dinner together. Exactly, what to do. Um, speaking of things that we're excited about, maybe we should talk about what we're excited about before you have to go. Oh, all right. What are you excited about? Uh, I, I can't remember if I mentioned this before, but I am watching right now. The Mrs. and I are watching Treme, 
uh, the HBO oh. show. Yeah, I've always been curious to get into that. Is it is it good? It's very good. Mm. It's done by the same people that did The Wire. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is about post-Katrina New Orleans. Yeah, yeah, and it's got a great ca- like Goodman's in it and Steve yeah. Zahn. Yep. Yeah. And and they do the same sort of thing that they do with The Wire, where it is where the city is as much a character as anyone else on that show, mm. and they are delving into pieces of culture and lifestyle that I didn't even know existed. Mm. And I just feel like I'm, you know, I'm learning a lot and, and they, they don't write TV the way anyone else does. So they've got, you know, this cast of characters that there's probably 50 people on this show Mm. and they just find these subtle ways to connect them and sort of connect their stories. But it's, it's never done in sort of a, you know, that typical TV fashion where you go, well, I know where this is going, you know, and, and. It's just like, oh, well, here's, you know, the episode where someone learns a lesson, you know, which there's just none of that. Uh, We're on season, we're almost done with season two now. And the interesting thing about The Wire, and I think I've spoke about this on the show before, is, you know, in the arc of each season, it was like, well, this time they explore sort of the the drug mule culture. And this one they talk about, you know, education. And this one they talk about, uh, like, the shipyards, you know, and that's sort of an overarching theme in the in the seasons but it it just gives you different aspects of this city and these guys are uh they're just brilliant how they they can find these you know because all of their previous shows were about baltimore you know homicide life on the street and the wire and all that so for them to to shift gears and go okay we're going to completely explore this uh it's just it's a real talent and and just you know, they use a lot of real people, and music is everywhere in this. It is the absolute foundation of it, and they get crazy musicians for it. You know, Elvis Costello's in it, Dr. John, uh, Steve Earle is a reoccurring character on it, you know, and everyone plays, everyone sings, and it's just it's just dynamite. Cool. Now, it's, it's what, four or five seasons in? I think yeah, I think they're on four right now. Yeah, I've always been curious about it because it just it and and the times that I've sort of dipped in, it does seem like that. Like you know, I don't know what where this story is going or who this character is, but I recognized them from a couple episodes ago. But it's a totally different thing and um, like a slice of life, just of the city and all these characters. And um, yeah, I've always heard that it's that it's it's wonderful. It's just this, this fear of commitment that I have all these things you know if but it's another one of those things where it's like you know you're like well let's watch one tonight and then it's like well let's watch four tonight it's another know? yeah if it was you know but if it was you know six seven episode you know seasons series i could you know i could face it a little. they're 10 they're 10 episodes okay, 10 episodes oh, okay well maybe except season two is 11 but all the rest are that's 10. that short of a season huh? it's just yeah oh okay well maybe i maybe i will then they're probably on dip. on instant probably huh it is yeah okay maybe i'll have to dip your toe in i might dip a couple of toes in how about you what are you excited about well it would seem silly not to talk about one of the highlights i thought um well, I'll, I'll just say, you know, Comic-Con is over. Uh, I'm not saying I'm excited about it. Um, there's some extremely cool Biff Bang Pow news happening that, again, I wish I could share. 
but um, it, it makes me very giddy. But, um, uh, you know, one of the things that I was, I was talking about picking up before we got down there, we both were talking about, um, was the Kenner, uh, you know, reaction figures for Alien. Uh, Super 7 was doing. Yep. And, um, you know, the early bird kit and the, and the little, um, uh, you know, fake uh, prototype. You know, the salesman sample two pack. Salesman sample, which I think sold out by was it Friday? It sold out. Sold out preview night. No, it didn't. They sold them all on preview night. You're joking. I am not joking. Oh my god! I know so many disappointed people that did not get them. I thought it was like Friday because I asked him, you know, before the doors even opened. I was like, how are you gonna? You know, I wasn't trying to go like, how many did you make? And how about this? And how about that? But I was like, well, how are you going to limit these? Like, I've been trying to figure that out because I don't, I don't think I'm going to. I'm just going to kind of let it go. And I said, really? You're not going to like allot a certain amount for – because even Entertainment Earth was doing that with that Transformer thing that they had. They couldn't just – they had to, you know, draw the line somewhere. Yeah. So, yeah, people were, people were disappointed in that. Um, oh, I guess I lucked out then because I, I got in line that, you know, right away when it kicked off. And I got that and I got the um, – the early couple, a couple of the early bird kits. Um, yeah. So all said and done, I just thought it was a wonderful um, package, uh, just as good as it looked online. And it's, it's just, you know, there's, there's so much stuff, so much information overload. Um, you know, like the, you know, I go over to see the NECA booth and I, I go, oh, here's Predator again. You know, do we need more people? Clearly love Predator, but I don't really care. And then I see like they, they did that infrared Dutch figure. Yeah. Yeah. And I just go, Oh man, that's really cool. Like, yeah. You know, every now and then something. And you've never seen that done before. Never, never. And it's gorgeous. I mean, it looks just as it, as it should. And for those you know, that don't understand, it's that, you know, the thermal vision that the predator has when he looks at things, they took that, that same Arnold figure, that Dutch figure, and painted it to look just like that. And it looks great. And Randy said that he's had that one done for a couple of years, or at least a year, but didn't know where he was going to put it. And they talked about it maybe being a Comic-Con exclusive, but then they found the window to do the albino predator, so they they pushed it out. They were like, I just want to show it to people, you know, see if people dig it. That reminds me, I I owe him a text. Randy, if you're listening, I apologize. I'll text you. But if he hit me once at the show, like four times about his little girl being in love with Flash Gordon, like this girl has got, he said from the, even when they got back, he texted me when they got back, like on Sunday. And he said, we've already watched it three times since we've been back. Like she's got it bad, this kid. He told me a story I don't know if he told you about, uh, you know, the little leather underpants that he was wearing uh, in the execution scene. Flash? Flash, yeah. Randy for a second, I was like, no, we've never talked about his leather underpants. Well, that's that's kind of where the story's going. They were watching (laughs) it with with his daughter, and I guess, uh, I think it might have been Nicole's mom, and you know, they're watching that scene and, you know, Penelope points at the screen and goes, those are just like daddies. <laughs> and he's like, uh, I don't think I've got anything like that. Well, yeah. now our listeners are... I hope I didn't embarrass Randy, but he told us that story. That's so. very funny. That's yeah. very, very funny. Um, well, I showed him a, that picture of that, uh, the poster from London of the, the quote-along, the Flash Gordon quote-along yeah. screening. And he's like, dude, and I said, we, we should get it going. <laughs> we got to get it started. And 
in the U.S., every city needs one. Absolutely. Once a month, quote along with the Flash Gordon experience. Um, That's what I said. It's a Kickstarter. So, yeah. And did, I just, did, I, did you see that Flash Gordon cosplay guy? No. Oh, I'll have to find a picture of that guy. He looked great. I'll tell you what I did find, which was the, probably the bravest cosplay I saw the entire uh, show, was a guy dressed like Colin Baker, the sixth doctor. Oh, okay. And it was dead on. But, I mean, you know, yeah. he might as well be dressed like, you know, Goebbels. I mean, it's not, you know, you, it, he is the least liked doctor in history. It's the most garish, god-awful costume ever. And this guy got it down to a, to the T, walking around. I saw quite a few Six Doctors, actually. You did? I even saw I saw a female one, even. In the rainbow? Uh, yeah. No kidding. Yeah. Well, that's funny. But the Flash Gordon guy, you know, had the the white T-shirt with the, you know, the red sleeves and uh, cuffs, and then the slacks, and a big blonde wig, and then he had that, the big uh, green and gold egg thing, the the oh, football. Cool. Yeah, and he was walking yeah. around. He looked great. Yeah, we gave him that for that for that figure. We gave him the uh the football, the egg yeah. as his uh accessory. Uh oh that's that's very cool. I know I missed that completely. Uh, and I I I was going to tell you that uh so you know, I went and had my badge printed up. Right. And I was press and I had listed sort of all my stuff on, you know when I filled out the thing. So it said, you know, Daniel Pickett Action Figure Insider, Pop Culture Insider, and I had put Geek Shall Inherit, and I guess they ran out of space on it. So it just said, Daniel Pickett, Action Figure Insider, Pop Culture Insider, Geek. <laughs> just like, well, I mean, that's, that's kind of fitting. Is there anything more? Do you really need more than that? Yeah. I think that pretty much. But isn't that kind of like, do you need that on any of the badges? <laughs> do we need to see the word geek? That's right. If you're here, we get it. Yeah. You're here. You're a geek get used to it um so speaking uh of NECA yes uh I don't know if you got to hear the kind of the cool story I did a video on this uh with Randy but there was a figure in the case as part of their aliens line uh for wave two yeah and it was a character that no one recognized a colonial marine so everyone was sort of like who is this guy oh I okay yeah I heard a bit about this yeah and uh, the the name on his armor said Windrix, and you know I was talking to Randy about it preview night, and he told me the story behind it, and just thought it was fantastic. And I'm going to just sort of thumbnail it here, but uh, in the show notes I'll put a link to the video we shot. But essentially, uh, they're one of their main sculptors for NECA uh, is a gentleman by the name I think it's Doug Windrix, either Doug or Dave. I can't believe I'm blanking out right now. A gentleman that lives in Oklahoma. And he's been sculpting for them forever. You know, he did like the the Balrog. Mm-hmm. You know, when they made that giant thing. There's a, there's actually a, a whole display of his work in the Action Figure and Toy Museum in Paul's Valley, Oklahoma, like with a lot of his prototypes and and stuff. And you know, he's been sculpting for for NECA for as, as long as I can remember. And uh, his brother, his older brother. Uh, his name is Craig Windricks, and back in April, had some medical problems, went to the hospital, burst appendix, they took care of it, cleaned it out, he just kept getting sicker, kept getting worse, uh, had to go back to the hospital a couple of days later, and they found that he is uh, has stage four stomach cancer, uh, essentially, yeah. and is given a prognosis of about six months. Mm. Uh, and 
they just you know know who you what do you do in situations like that yeah. you know when essentially it's someone in your extended family uh gets that report and both the brothers their favorite movie is aliens so randy had the idea of just you know making a figure and he was just going to present it to the family and so he had one of the other sculptors they want to be a surprise had one of the other sculptors kind of put it together and he was just like you know what i'm just going to ask fox if they're okay with it and he went and sort of presented it to them, and they were like, "Wow, that's really intriguing." And you know, you at first you think sort of these big companies will just go, "Well, no, we're never going to do that." Kind of, you know? yeah. Uh, but you know, uh, but then when you think about it too, you're like those uh, like copyright lawyers. All they do all day is tell people not to do stuff. You know, they're sending cease and desist letters and stuff. So uh, I don't know if maybe this was just an instance of, "Hey, let's do something good." For once, but they drew up this whole release thing and they, you know, got they were OK. And and it's actually going to be produced as a figure uh, in wave two. Sergeant Windrick. Oh, that's awesome. Will be one of the colonial Marines. And it's, you know, all the armor is like uh, uh, specially decoed uh, and, and personalized to be him. He, you know, there's like bowling pins on the back that has his dad's name because they both lost their dad. Like the year before, wow, uh, yeah, and his dad was a big bowler and stuff. It's got his girlfriend's initial on it. What, what so. is his uh, what, what is his status right now? Uh, he is going through chemo right now. Okay, uh, he's in a special cancer treatment uh, place in Tulsa, uh, Oklahoma. And there's actually, <laughs> let me see here. I'm going to pull this up real quick. There's a if you want more information, you want to sort of follow along or. Send him a message, or you can even buy a T-shirt. They've got uh, a special thing set up. I'm trying to find where it is. I think it's called 5,000... Wow, doggone it. I'm going to have to look at it. I thought I had it pulled up okay. right there. Oh, here it is. 5,000 Miles of Craig. And then the website is actually 5,000milesofcraig.com. Okay. And uh, you can there's a there's a Facebook page and uh, a website and you can buy these T-shirts and all the proceeds of that go to helping this guy out because he's you know he's he's been in this cancer ward he's lost his job he's trying to keep his insurance up to date because you know he can't get reinsured with a pre-existing pre-existing condition like this so oh it's so uh, sad and so scary um, yeah well you know all our best go out to to him and the family and everything and. Randy, of course, and Neck, it's such a such a cool thing to hear um, in this world that we sort of work in and, and live in and love. Yeah. That I think is really, really neat. It's great. Um, now, um, not to shift gears too, too rapidly, but I'm looking at our little list here, and there's a lot of stuff that um, has come up uh, Comic-Con-wise that really needs to be discussed. Absolutely. Like, like kind of WTF moments. Um, yep. Shall we start with the Batman Superman movie? What? 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 <laughs> yes. What? The F? So, yeah, Man of Steel 2 Man of St- is actually going to be Batman Superman. Man of Steel and Rubber. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, yeah, they, they came out and kind of made that surprise announcement. Crazy, huh? Yeah, um, totally shocked. So, but cool. Sounds like we need a new Batman. It sounds like from everything Bale's ever said, he's miles away. I haven't heard anything about Nolan's involvement. Does his name get mentioned in this thing? 
Uh, I haven't heard Nolan, but Zack Snyder was the one that yeah that made the announcement. You know, I'm okay with it. Obviously, if it it's it's just about who's going to play Batman, of course, and the, and the script, and it's like they're clearly trying to play catch up to get a team going uh, as quickly as possible, uh, not waste any time. And I actually kind of you know, um, if this was a different character. I mean, if it was, I mean, if you know, what I mean, if people go like, "Well, gosh, Man of Steel," you know, Cavill hasn't even had time to get his own, you know, franchise going. He's only had one outing. Yeah. But it, you know, if it were a different character, uh, I might be a little more disappointed. But it's Superman, and I kind of go, "There's not, you know, there's not a ton of depth to Superman. It's pretty much what you read on the tin. Let's let's get him in there. Yeah. Um, so let's go." So I'm I'm cool with that. Whether it's another standalone or it's um, something like this, um, and I think it would actually be, uh, you know, we always gush about the Batman animated series and the Superman animated series. I think the Superman series is extremely underrated. Don't you find that people always talk about the Batman series and never never talk about the Superman one? I absolutely find that. Yep, and I think the Superman one is just terrific. So much great stuff. But do you remember the crossover, uh, World's Finest? Yeah, yeah. Two-part or three-part thing? Yeah. It's great episodes. Uh, there is not a line of dialogue in that thing, not a moment wasted in that – it's a three-part episode, I think. I think it's called World's Finest. Yep. And it's Superman, Batman, Joker, Lex Luthor. It's, it's when they kind of did that revamp – you know, when Batman sort of had the gray outfit with just the black bat kind of thing. Yeah. And it's their first meeting. And just that first scene, you know, when they when they first start messing with each other and it turns out that Batman's got a teeny tiny little sliver of kryptonite in his belt. Um, and, you know, remember that? And then, like, he yep. he he Clark can see through the cowl and it's like, Bruce yep. Wayne. It's like, oh, you're peeking. You know, you peek. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, oh, well, crap. You know, Clark's got the advantage. He knows who he is. And then and there's kind of a little romance between Bruce Wayne and Lois Lane. Yep. And then there's that whole thing. And then later on that night, just when you're thinking, you know, Clark can have Bruce just flicked away like a fly, you realize that Bruce has put a tracer on Superman's uh, outfit. And Superman looks out across the city and way across the city, there's Batman with binoculars. You know, looking right looking at right him, like oh, I know who you are too. I mean, it's so well played out. It's so well yeah. I I would love to see interaction like that between the characters and someone for Cavill to to play off of. You yeah. know, so I think that could be really really cool, depending on just where they go with it or what they do. The the bit of news that kind of shocked me was the Avengers two news. The the announcement of the name. Yeah, Age of Ultron. Yeah. Um, because clearly we're going in a different direction than what we kind of were teased at the end of the first Avengers film. Or they're saving that for something, putting it in their back pocket. Well, I, I think, though, I mean, for what we've seen, those end scenes kind of tumble into the next films. So I suspect that... Thanos may show up in Guardians of the Galaxy. I see. Since it's the big space adventure. So not a direct... And he's a big bad guy in space. That tease was not necessarily a direct tease for the next 
uh, Avengers, but for that's what I'm guessing. The next level of the Marvel universe. Yeah, got it, got it. So yeah, so Ultron, um, which means they're going to have to establish Hank Pym pretty quickly. Right now, did you hear or see this rumor about Vin Diesel? Uh, that he showed up to the Marvel Studios, snapped a picture of himself, and said, "Got some big news." Yep. Whatever he said, um, but he snapped himself in front of an issue of what was it? What, what, what was the what was it? The Avenger? Some, I forget what the but it looked like a, a shot of Giant Man behind him. I th- yep. And I thought, hmm, interesting. Yeah. Um, so they gotta they gotta get that up and going. But that's that seems to be a lot of stuff to get to pack in before we get to Avengers two. Kinda. <laughs> I think so. Right. And some people are speculating that Vin Diesel would be the Vision also, yeah, I'd be okay. which is another creation of Hank Pym. I'd be okay with that. I think I love I love the Vision. I think that is one of the single coolest outfits in the history of Marvel Comics, and it, there's a million reasons it shouldn't work, but I just that I see that outfit and I just go, you know, backyard comic book, 1979. Uh, Drinking a, uh, um, oh, what's the orange soda? Orange Crush? Orange cr- no, the other one, though. That, remember when it first came out, everyone was like, oh, it's better than Orange Crush. <laughs> I don't know. What was oh, that? Oh, what's, it's, it's still out. What is it? Fanta? No. Sun... Sunkissed? Sunkissed. Sunkissed did an orange drink, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Sunkissed. I remember yeah. when Sunkissed came out, everyone was like, are you still drinking Orange Crush? Sunkissed so much better. Oh, that's so last week. It's like, okay, I'll get some sun kits. Oh, you're right. It's really good. It tickles my nose. And um, so I just think of the Vision. Uh, it's so 70s Marvel to me. So I, I love that character. Yeah. And I can just imagine what the voice would sound like, which would be really cool. Sound like Vin Diesel, I'm guessing. But even more, but even more robotic. <laughs> which is more like the Iron Giant. Yes, exactly. Um, so that's that's pretty groovy. Um we could quash these rumors immediately about J.J. Abrams walking away from Star Wars Episode Seven. Where do these rumors come from? Like, I don't know. People wanting to make a name for their websites or something, I suspect. Gravy. How do you even try to make that a real thing? Well, um, yeah, Lucas Arts themselves, Lucasfilm and Kathleen Kennedy came out and said, nope, not true. Yeah. Like, try to calm down. Really? Um, and then... Um, and then the other thing that I heard just the other day was that two gentlemen in talks for Episode 7 were Ryan Gosling and Zac Efron. And I have to say, and I'm going to get some stick for this, I'm sure, uh, I don't have a problem with either of those names. Yeah. Um, uh, Ryan Gosling I, I've liked in, in most of what he's done. I think sometimes he can be affected, but I think, again, I have to give him credit where he's he could very easily have gone this, this sort of pretty boy route and he's chosen yeah. very unlikable characters and, and things to, to do. Um, and I think he's, he's, he's very good. Um, but the other guy, Zac Efron, mm-hmm. um, is I think better than people give him credit for as well. Um, and I would point to a movie called me and Orson Welles, if no one's seen it, okay. um, which was done by Richard Linklater, Claire Danes is in it, Zac Efron, and the guy that plays Orson Welles is a British actor 
whose name I'm going to look up because it's going to make me crazy. Um, and he is so dead on Orson Welles from the 30s. Uh, it is creepy. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, it's, it's really, you know, he's, you know, Welles is a, is a bit of a hero of mine. And um, I could watch movies about him forever. Um, but um, what the hell is his name? Um, sorry, I'm looking it up here and I can't find his name. Um, but, uh, you know, Zac Efron's really, really good in it. He, he holds his own, uh, along with all these, these other bigger, bigger names. So I would be okay with that, I think. But it seems like we're going to have to hear or see some stuff pretty soon because time's a ticking here. Yeah. Right? Uh, absolutely. And if you want to see an example, I think of Ryan Gosling doing really good work, uh, that movie Lars and the Real Girl Yes, is a terrific film. Yeah, and you know, um, you have to just go with it. People, I remember people being very critical of that, like, oh, come on, and like the whole town is going to – it's like, well, yeah, but you just – if you just go with it and, and buy the premise, um, enjoy his performance because he's a guy that, that he was so uncomfortable in his own skin just being hugged by people kind of thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought he did a wonderful job with that. Oh, that's a great movie. Yeah, it's, that's that's an underrated little jam, I think, and he's he's great in it. Uh, and he was great in the other one with um, with Clooney, the political one. Oh yeah, yeah. I just saw that recently. Yeah, he was he he was great in that. Uh, Christian McKay is the British actor playing Orson Welles in Me and Orson Welles. If you're oh, okay. Orson Welles fan aficionado at all, it's it's. It's basically um, he, the Mercury Theater is trying to put on a production. Um, Claire Danes is, you know, working the theater. Efron happens to, you know, be this high school kid that drops into it. Uh, none of it really matters, but just it'll give you a glimpse into what a powerhouse Orson Welles was in New York in the 30s uh, as, a, as just a man in his early 20s, what, what a sensation he was. And the guy just nails it, absolutely nails the physicality, the voice, everything. Um, and, uh, it's, you know, Efron's, uh, pretty good. Um, did you see the trailer for, there's been a lot of trailers and a lot of stuff since before and after Comic-Con. Have you seen the trailer for this 47 Ronin? Uh, I, I didn't get a chance to watch it yet. I need to do that. That's, uh, Keanu Reeves, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's like a first time, uh, director kind of thing. And it looks really neat. Um, so I just, I just watched that the other day and I thought it looked really cool. Um, so I will, I'll be there for that at Christmas if you don't mind. Um, still haven't seen Wolverine, obviously Wolverine just came out. Uh, Opens, yep. Are we hearing anything about it? Uh, you know, I, I read something on Facebook yesterday of a guy that went in very skeptical and, you know, uh, hating the, the last one, the Wolverine Origins, and just going in with the lowest of expectations and knowing that they changed some stuff around. And he just, he said he couldn't find a single bad thing to say about it. No kidding. Yeah. That's what people say about our show. And, well, that's true, too. And apparently there is a something... There's a scene at the very end after the credits that you have to stick around for <gasps> that I think teases Days of Future Past. <gasps> okay. So cool. don't don't get up and go pee and leave during the credits. Just 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 pee your pants. Just pee your pants and wait for it. Okay. Yep. You can dry off at home. Okay, that's good to know. Important important tip from Daniel. Just just wet yourself 
and then get home. Yes. Okay. I'm I'm down. Um, uh, okay. Well, uh, maybe I'll maybe I'll get a chance to see that this weekend or something. Yeah, I hope I hope I get to as well. You know, because it's one of those things I just sort of forgot about almost. Yeah, kind of crept up on you. You know, like oh yeah, gotta see that. We got a we got a Wolverine movie coming. But they're speculating that it is going to break the trend of the blockbuster flops that we've been seeing this summer. So, boy, it really has been. And I still haven't seen Pacific Rim, but um, it seems that that has not been what they wanted it to be, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, then Turbo came out and didn't do well, and the RIPD really tanked. And... This RIPD, I swear, I never even saw. I swear, I never even saw a commercial for this thing. Oh, I have. You did? Yeah, yeah. I never. I don't think I saw anything. Shown a bunch of them. Um, the new images of the, some of the new Star Wars black uh, figures are out. Uh, they're actually the figures are hitting now. No, no, the, the three the, and three quarter uh, inch are the um, series two. Right of the six inch. Yeah, like the Han Solo and the. Um, yeah, they got to see all of that, and then they showed one like Sunday they found or Saturday. They found the uh, episode three Obi Wan in a shipping case. It was a teaser for for series three, and they put that in the case uh, Saturday morning. Oh, that's great! Yeah, that's great. Uh, yeah, they're they're this, the the six inch are, are just beautiful, just really really nice. Did you get the Boba Fett? Um, I at the show did not, or someone maybe from EE grabbed. I, I don't remember. I left some stuff there, you know, I had some stuff one day I was carrying around, and I left it at EE and then totally forgot about it, and I got some of the Mattel stuff, and I'm probably just going to give that away to my nephew kind of thing. Um, a lot of controversy over, speaking of the, the Mattel stuff, the, the 66 Batman stuff, I'm seeing a lot of negativity about that uh, online, which is <clears throat> unfortunate. Um, I'm sure it's you know early days and stuff, and people are. It's not going to stop people from from getting all this stuff, but there seems to be quite a bit of bile coming out about that. Uh, yeah, there's some that are like you know I got some samples of it, and it, the the ones I got look great. But some of the ones people are starting to find at retail have some really sloppy paint ops and stuff. Yeah, that's what I was that's what I was seeing. Um, yeah. And the Robin in that two pack, his legs come out kind of goofy because of the way he's pre-posed. Yeah. Um, the, the paint, I think, is the worst thing. Like, if you look at some of the, the NECA stuff, it's just like, oh, my God, it's so it's so dead on. It's so great. Um, wait a minute. So uh, this um, are they saying that the Superman-Batman thing is supposed to be inspired by Frank Miller, by the Dark Knight Returns? Not exactly. So when they, to announce it, they had one of the actors from Man of Steel come out and read a clip from uh, read a, a passage from Dark Knight Returns wh- that is during the the Superman Batman battle. Ah, okay, I see. But it was just sort of a thing to kind of sneak in, saying, you know, that you know, I want you to remember this moment with my foot on your neck and mm-hmm. remember who beat you, you know, that sort of thing. And then they just put up the logo of the S inside the bat, and people went crazy. The moment before, just before. Frank Miller drove the car completely off the edge and went went crazy. Yes. With everything. What was that one he did that came out a year or two ago? Was it Holy Terror or something? What was it called? Uh, I think that was it, yeah. Holy Terror. Yeah. Just just all full of all kinds of crazy in that thing. <laughs> you know? 
just and what did I see him in? It was either a a documentary, a red carpet thing or something where I thought he was just going to fall over dead. Wow. You know, he just, I mean, have you seen him? I haven't in a while. Oh my goodness. Does not not look like a well man. Does not look like a healthy man. Um, Well, we got to wrap this up quickly. So I want to get a few things. What do you got? Well, we got, we got to mention our listener of the week. One of our new features. And this is, I believe it is pronounced UA, like UA bowl, but it's UA spiller. Uh, a gentleman who sent us a very nice email, uh, actually a listener in Germany, who found us through, uh, I think, Pod Stallions and, and Plaid Stallions and stuff. Oh, right and on. Said he's really, really enjoying the podcast. Awesome. Yeah. That's great. Thanks, Yui. Yes. So thank you very much, and thanks for listening. And if you want to be the listener of the week, just send us an email or talk to us on Facebook. Yeah, and we'll say nice things about you like we just did. Totally. Uh, and then I think it's worth mentioning the Mattel subscriptions are up right now. Uh, there's I don't know, there's really three basic ones, but then there's a couple of different versions of them. So there's the, the Masters of the Universe Classics. There is the uh, DC, what do they call it now, DC Signature Collection one. And then there is the Ecto-1 to actually get that vehicle. Uh, so I think those are going to run through August 19th, if I'm not mistaken. And, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're slow going right now, according to the meters. So, Mm. uh, if that sort of thing you are interested in, I personally would love to see more of both the, the master of the universe and the DC lines, because I'm loving those. So, uh, I have picked up my subscriptions already. Uh, so, but if that's the sort of thing you're interested in, you should do it as well. All righty. Then we get more awesome toys made by the four horsemen. There you go. And, um... How many how many Watchmen do we have left? Uh, what do we have? We still have Comedian and Ozymandias, right? Isn't that Isn't it? Isn't that it? I think so. Is he going to come with Bubastis? No, but he does come with two different heads, the masked and unmasked head. Wicked. Uh, yep. I have to say, I love um, my Night Owl. Uh, yep. I think that's probably the best of the, of the bunch so far. It, I just mine just arrived while I was at Comic Con. Okay, cool. Yeah, that one just feels like a Watchmen comic book uh, figure to me. Yeah, you know, it's pretty cool. Um, all right, good stuff. We managed to squeeze this in. I'm on, you know, on the mend. You're there. I'm here. We made it back, and um, people are missing us. I can, I can tell. That's true. We have a lot more to talk about. We didn't get to everything on the list, but I got to run. So yeah, loads, loads. We're gonna have to do this again. Yeah, we'll we'll do it again. We'll do it in person. We'll make it a, a longer one for everybody, and um, you know maybe we'll do some rapid fire personal questions. <laughs> no, nice. All right, thanks everybody. Thanks everyone, and have a good week. Speak to you soon. Bye bye. Shiny. Let's be bad guys. Secrets of nature's deepest mystery.